Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Yo, and welcome to the show. On today's show, we are continuing with It Didn't Start With You. Starting off with chapter two here, so if you did not hear the last episode, you're going to be a little lost if you don't go peep that. And with that, let's get started. Chapter two, three generations of shared family history, the family body. The history you share with your family starts long before most people think of it. When your grandmother is five months pregnant with your mother, the cells that will eventually form the egg that you come from already exist. Because remember, the cells are done dividing for women fairly early. They are born with the entire amount of eggs that they will have. So before your mother is even born, three generations are sharing the same biological environment. So you should think about the impact of the things that could happen to your grandparents probably affected the epigenetic expressions of uh, your genes, which we'll get to. And precursor sperm cells are similar in that what will go on to form you exists when your father was a fetus in his mother's womb, not as far back because of how sperm cell division continues while egg cell division does not. Uh, so you can see how the events that happened to your father uh, would impact you as well. So almost all the way up to conception on the sperm side is you can have events that will impact epigenetic changes without you being consciously aware of these type of things. Uh, you may have default settings that other people would not have just based on their family history. Now we've all heard the nature versus nurture and that our DNA can be impacted by our environment to some extent. Cell biologist Bruce Lipton demonstrates that our DNA can be affected by thoughts, beliefs, and emotions. As a Stanford scholar and researcher from 1987 to 1992, he demonstrated that signals from the environment can operate through the cell membrane to impact the physiology of the cell, which in turn could activate or silence a gene. Early pioneer at a time that everybody just thought that what happened to you was all that there was and that there was no inheriting of events, right? Cell memory, essentially. According to Lipton, the mother's emotions, both good and bad, can biochemically alter the genetic expressions of her offsprings. During pregnancy, nutrients along with hormones and information signals are sent to the fetus from the mother via the blood. These chemical signals activate receptor proteins in the cells, triggering changes in the mother's body. Chronic or repetitive emotions like anger or fear can imprint onto the child, basically pre-programming how it will react to the environment. Like I said, default non-retrospective settings. And these biological changes um, are another reason outside of the myelination, which we talked about on a Friday's episode, is why once you find a method that sort of de-stresses you and makes it easier for you to engage with life in a healthier, more successful way, not that the 
default patterns that you have are wrong. They are just not adaptive if what you are doing is not getting you what you want. If you're if what you were born with doesn't map onto the environment, then the only solution you have is to learn new skills in ways of calming and soothing yourself so that you can actually act in a way that's going to be effective for you. Anyway, when stress hormones cross the human placenta, they cause fetal blood vessels to become more constricted in the viscera and send more blood to the periphery, preparing the fetus for fight or flight behavioral response. Uh, So think about that. Stressed out mothers end up with children who are more susceptible to fight or flight responses. Now, as we talked about the brain structure in a previous episode, especially about stress in general, if you are in a fight or flight response, you're not using the neocortex, the new long-term, basically what makes people human, things that we attribute to humans, uh, the ability to plan for the future, etc. You cannot use that part of the brain if you are in stress because what is making decisions is the R-complex, more specifically the amygdala, just trying to get you to survive. When you are in a survival state, uh, we don't need long-term planning, so we're going to shut that shit down until we get to a place that feels safe. However, if you never feel safe, it is going to be impossible for you to make new and better decisions because that part of the brain is literally not working at that time. It's not a thing. So if you think about all of the generational violence and the trauma in inner cities and that you see the same shit handed down over and over because what the brain does it just needs you to survive long enough to make new children it's not about you being healthy it's not about you being happy or living a long time or being successful just long enough to pass genes down and then whatever happens after that happens after that doesn't care if you're happy doesn't care if you live a life that you want it's just about survival to pass down the genetics that is it Now, and I'm skipping ahead a bit because this is one of my favorite things, luckily for us, uh, visualization techniques, meditation, and certain types of journaling have been shown uh, to de-stress the body with less stress, you're less susceptible to amygdala hijacking, and thusly can get some of your better decision-making abilities back. Uh, For anyone who wakes up at an 8 on a stress level like I do on a day-to-day basis, uh, if you you know, stick to a meditation practice, even if it's just a few minutes a day, uh, you'll notice that you'll get a sense of clarity and a space to make decisions that was not there before can really impact your life in powerful ways. Now, it sucks that sometimes you feel that you have to keep doing this thing over and over to get what you want. But if you knew you had to stretch before an activity you wanted to perform, that wouldn't be an issue. We somehow do not apply the same thinking to physical injuries or things that we have to do to operate our best physically to things we have to do to operate our best mentally. A 2010 study found that babies exposed to increased cortisol, stress hormone, in utero exhibited impaired cognitive development when they were evaluated at 17 months old, which is pretty crazy to think about how the stress from when you're not even alive yet Uh, impacts the development of the child's brain all the way to 17 months. Uh, And that's even if the child is no longer in a stressful environment. Uh, Like say the mother had an issue and was stressed for a little bit, but then was able to get out of that. 
there are changes that occur, uh, especially if they had lived in a stressful environment for a while. So let's get into the definition of epigenetics. All right, epigenetics is the study of how your behaviors and environment can cause changes that affect the way your genes work. Unlike genetic changes, epigenetic changes are reversible and do not change your DNA sequence, but they can change how your body reads a DNA sequence. So there's hope. There's a lot of uh, sort of shocking and um, the implications on a lot of this research is pretty crazy when you think about the events that happen in people's lives and then their three generations of children are still dealing with the events that they weren't around for. However, armed with the knowledge that you may be carrying these type of genetic memories will help you, first of all, have some kindness with yourself that some of the shit that goes on in your life is not your fault as in, you know, this thing happened to you. It is your responsibility as an adult to make changes, right? Like at some point you have to stop blaming everybody else for your life and take control of it. Uh, but the understanding of what happened influencing your current place allows you to make better decisions going forward. So chromosomal DNA, which uh, is the DNA that defines all of your physical traits, skin, eye colors, etc., makes up less than 2%. The other 98% is non-coding DNA, which is responsible for emotional behavior and personality traits that we inherit. Non-coding DNA increases with the complexity of the animal, with humans having the highest percentage. It is known to be impacted by the environment, like we said before. Epigenetic changes are supposed to prepare us to be able to deal with similar stressful situations like our parents lived. You know, prepare us with the tools like uh, environmental resilience for that type of, of life, right? This is why you have the phenomena of people feeling really comfortable sitting in a ton of chaos, but they can't sit down and chill because to not move feels like death. And even if your surroundings are crazy, at least there's a lot going on. And because that's what you're used to, you feel comfortable in that environment. Now, there are a ton of studies in this book. And if you want to go into all of the science, because I had to skip some, otherwise this would be long as hell, please check it out. But one of the examples I thought was pretty damning was the child of a parent born in a war zone may inherit the instinct to recoil at loud noises. So while this helps in case of a bomb threat, if such a person startles easily, they may live their lives in a highly reactive state, even when no real danger is present, creating a mismatch between the environment and the genetic changes. Now, if every time something happened to you, you got scared, how are you going to embrace any change? How are you going to do anything new? You're going to be very stiff and rigid. And in a world that is constantly changing like ours, I mean, the things you're doing three years ago were not the things we're doing now. Um, and there's probably some record-breaking technology that we're barely even aware of yet, especially with all of the, you know, the Human Genome Project and mRNA modifications, CRISPR. Like, it's getting pretty uh, futuristic, which is cool in terms of, curing uh, diseases we haven't been able to handle but there's just a lot of change going on and if you aren't able to adapt to those you're going to have a real problem now among the numerous genes impacted by stress that can be inherited are a group called crf1 and crf2 and increased levels in these genes have been observed in people who have depression and anxiety 
And now a brief word from one of our sponsors, Audible. Hey, so we have all heard that knowledge is power. So if knowledge is power, access and the ability to digest that knowledge is a superpower. Uh, however, not all of us have time to sit and read at the end of the day in our busy lives full of hustle and bustle. We are always on the move and in the middle of working long hours, trying to get things done, working on side projects, or frankly, just taking care of yourself and your family. You may not have time to sit down and read. And that's why I love Audible. Audible allows you to take advantage of those transition moments like the gym, like your drive to work, like cooking, to install new knowledge that you did not have before to help take you from where you are now to where you want to be. There are thousands of titles available on Audible, including bestsellers like Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is Away, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, and others. Start your 30-day trial today and your first book is free. Go to audibletrial.com slash truempodcast to get started. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-L dot com slash true, T-R-U-E-M-P podcast. And now back to the show. Research demonstrates that children of women who have PTSD or chronic low cortisol production, as discussed in last week's episode, went on to have children that displayed increased distress in response to new stimuli. When cortisol levels are compromised, so is our ability to regulate our emotions and manage stress. Now the book goes into another section of a lot of cited research that goes on to drive the point home about stress and cortisol levels with another of the shocking ones being that children of Australian Vietnam War veterans have higher rates of suicide than the general population. Now the book gives a percentage um, and because this is so startling and really drives home the point of working through you have to find some modality of dealing with your trauma. Like I said before I went to your 25 at that point the brain is done baking but I went and pulled the study. Uh, sons of veterans had higher risk for substance dependence and abuse depression and suicidal ideation than expected and daughters had higher risk for alcohol and drug dependence depression PTSD and generalized anxiety disorder than population expectants and lower risk of suicidal ideation but higher risk for planning which I guess means they think less about it but are more likely to plan a suicide out. PTSD in children is accompanied by significant comorbidity that is differentially distributed between sons and daughters with daughters bearing significant comorbid alcohol, drug, and cannabis dependence, depression, anxiety, social phobia, and suicidal ideation. Driving the point home, people, at some point we have to face these demons if we are going to live healthy lives and not just for us, but for future generations as well. And even if you don't have children or plan on having children, your interactions with the people around you will be better when you're not carrying around three generations worth of family baggage with you into every interaction that you come across. The fewer people that we have living in fight or flight 24-7 on this planet, the better the experience and our future decision making will be. 
there was another study about how granddaughters of women who had shortened pregnancies due to stressors. So let's say uh, your grandmother didn't carry your mother to the full nine months because an event happened and she had a baby early. The granddaughters of those women also had shortened pregnancies even if they themselves did not live in a stressful environment. Uh, I guess it's supposed to make sense. If you don't have the ability to carry a baby the entire nine months, then you just carry it as long as, you know, you get a minimum viable product, which is crazy to talk about a baby that way. But so that way you increase the survival odds of the mother for said child. Just really fascinating stuff as far as what happens, what our bodies are doing to help us to survive, even though the majority of us no longer live in the same environments that caused these problems, or at least the same level of violence that causes these problems. And uh, not all trauma is from like rape or murder or molestation and things like that. Like we mentioned in the first episode, it could be from mistaken beliefs, like your mother drops you off at daycare one time and you feel like you have to act a certain way and be really good. Because if you're perfect, then she won't take you to daycare, right? Like these silly conclusions that a five, six-year-old, four-year-old, whatever brain comes to uh, based on an event without understanding the entirety of the situation. So no matter how good your parents were or how um, good their intentions were, at some point you probably misconstrued something. And, you know, you took some weird belief from that and it's been running your life in the background this entire time. And some of the writing exercises in the book will help you get to that. Now, this entire chapter was mostly about proving that epigenetics is real and the various research that has been done in the field, bringing this to the masses, as it were, so that your general population should be aware that these things exist. Now we're going to call it there for this chapter because the next one starts about uh, the familial mind is what it's called. Goes into how breaks in the bond in early childhood development between the primary caregiver or the mother if it's not her and the child and what that uh, can do to the child. A little bit of a different subject but something that happens to a lot of us in terms of people going on vacations or frankly have to get back to work because they don't give you that much time to stay home with your children and the types of behaviors that can come from that, uh, the practice that we exhibit, at least in the United States. And uh, like I said, check the book out if you found some of these studies interesting. I skipped a bunch because uh, you have to prove the, the point here that not only is this worth doing, and I hope that some of these studies make you believe that it's worth doing, but that it's real and it's affecting millions of people on this planet what comes to mind immediately to me is like inner city chicago and why these you see the same crazy levels of violence and that there seems to be no end to it uh, we'll get to solutions at some point uh, we're still in the proving the problem actually exists phase uh, once you get to the truth from there the cause right we can do different things, take different actions, and then change the effects, the actual expressions that we see out in the world. And for most of us, the reactions to new stimuli portion of this is what should really grab your attention. If you react poorly to new events, 
How could you ever have anything different from what you've had? And if you love what you've had, then great. You don't need to do anything else. But if you're trying to have something else, your current level of thinking and behaving has brought you to where you are now. And there will be no changes without adopting and interacting with new ideas, situations, and ways of thinking. And with that, I love you guys. Be good to each other. And I'll see you. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, If you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at true, T-R-U-E-M-P underscore podcast. See you next time.